New York is about to do away with non-compete provisions. So that means that your employees will be able to quit and open up a competing shop, even work for your biggest competitor. So what does that mean to you and your MSP? Should you panic? Should you care? The answers are ahead. Listen up. Welcome to another episode of the Technology Bradcast. I'm your host, the Sultan of Service Contracts, attorney to MSPs nationwide. Today, I'm going to talk about New York's much-anticipated end to non-compete agreements. So the law that New York is considering to ban non-compete agreements passed the uh, New York legislature, and it's expected to be signed into law pretty soon. So What does that mean to MSPs who are in New York or who have employees in New York? And what does the whole thing mean to your company, even if you're not in New York, right? These are all pretty good questions, so we're going to answer them today. I want to take a moment to talk about why it took me so long to get this broadcast out to you. Answer, I've been on the road. I traveled up to 11 cities in six weeks, so that put a pause on things. Also, I want to announce... My book is almost ready. That has taken me some time to do as well, but it's almost ready. It's going to print next month. It's been years in the making, literally, but uh, it's going to be done. And it's going to, well, the title isn't actually thought of yet. I have a couple of different things that I'm thinking about as far as the title is concerned, but the content is going to bring forward some of the most important and hard-hitting commentary that I have written or I have posted or I have spoken over the past few years along with current commentary about how relevant and correct my predictions were. A big thanks to all of the various venues that have hosted me over the past six or seven weeks and put up with my in-your-face style of talking to MSPs. So that includes, in no particular order, the ASCII Group, Kaseya Connect, Channel Partners, which was a great event in Vegas, also uh, MSP Initiative, PAX 8, Marvin B's podcast, also known as Uncle Marv's podcast, Bob Kopich's podcast, Matt Lee and Dom Kirby's podcast. I think that's I think that's about it. If I missed any, I'm sorry. I'll get you on the next round of thank yous in the future. And speaking of future, where will I be? I will be in Minnesota and Vegas in July. In August, I'll be in Denver and New Jersey and Orlando. And, you know, things pop up all the time, so I'll post upcoming events and venues as they're scheduled. But if I'm in or near your city, let me know. Who knows, there may be a free book out there for you. That is something to think about. So, let's get back to non-compete agreements. I have talked about non-competes on other broadcasts, but just in case you're not familiar with them, a non-compete is a provision that says that a person cannot compete against his or her uh, former employer or former business partner within a certain geographic territory, and for a certain amount of time. Now, here's the thing about non-compete agreements that most people don't know. So get ready. Here we go. Here's the secret. They are all illegal. That's right. All non-competes are illegal. So you'd say, wait a minute, how can that be? Because uh, I have a non-compete, or I've enforced a non-compete. 
The little fun fact about non-compete agreements is that they're illegal in every state unless unless the provisions fall into one or two narrow exceptions. So, what are those exceptions? Well, states that have not banned non-competes altogether have said that a non-compete agreement is valid and can be enforced if it is narrowly tailored as far as geographic scope is concerned, as well as time. Narrowly tailored. Meaning, you can't go overboard. You can't say, well, we're going to ban you from the entire United States when your operations are only in Texas, or only in Florida, or only in New York. As far as time is concerned, most states say two years or less might be reasonable, but anything more than that is unreasonable. And if you read the cases that are coming out of, well, just about all the states now, even two years is starting to be questioned. So a non-compete is illegal unless it is geographically narrow and from a time perspective, short enough to protect the business interests without being overbroad, without being too long. One other thing that you need to know about non-competes, even in the states that say, well, we have exceptions and we'll let you enforce them if those exceptions are fulfilled. A non-compete can only be enforced against a person who has something to protect. Meaning, if you're an employer, you're not going to be able to enforce a non-compete against uh, an intake person, against a secretary. That's not going to happen. Why? because they're not regarded as people who would have the type of knowledge or relationships that need to be protected. You're talking about managers, directors, people who have substantive knowledge or deal with clients on a, in, in, a, in a significant or substantive way. Those are the people that a non-compete can be enforced against. So remember, as we talk about the New York law, even if even if you're in a state that allows non-competes to exist under the exceptions, the exceptions have to be narrowly tailored from a geographic territory perspective, short time, and against the type of person that one would expect to have secrets or information that needs to be protected. So what's going on in New York? All right. Well, we're going to look at New York's law, which, like I said, has passed the New York State Legislature. And it's a new labor law. It's uh, Section 191-D. It's actually entitled Non-Compete Agreements, which is apropos enough. And what that is, uh, is a section that now prohibits or will prohibit an employer or its agent or any officer or agent of a company. And that includes, you know, corporations, partnerships, LLCs, and so forth. It prohibits those types of entities and those type of people from requiring, demanding, or accepting a non-compete agreement from a covered individual. We'll talk about who a covered individual is in a moment. But again, the new law, the new law that's going to be passed very soon in New York is going to prohibit any company or any officer or agent of the company from seeking, requiring, demanding, or even accepting a non-compete agreement from a covered individual. So what happens if you're a company in New York or you have employees in New York and you try to enforce a non-compete agreement after this law is passed? Well, the law actually addresses that. And it says that the court can not only void that non-compete, but it specifically says that the court, and I'm gonna quote it now, 
shall award liquidated damages to every covered individual affected under this section, in addition to any other remedies permitted by the section. Let me repeat that. The court shall award liquidated damages. And under the statute, liquidated damages are calculated as an amount not more than $10,000. So right off the bat, the court can award the uh, affected individual up to $10,000. But here's the other thing. The statute also says that that individual is entitled to recover his or her reasonable attorney's fees. And that, that is where employers are really going to pay. Because they might not get hit with a lot in liquidated damages, but you know plaintiff's attorneys are going to be filing, you know, uh, attorney fee uh, invoices for 10, 20, 30 grand under the theory that that's what it took to bring this case to court. So the idea here is that not only will a company not be allowed to enforce a non-compete, but if it does, there are some significant and really harsh punishments that they're going to face. And who are the covered individuals? Who are the individuals that MSPs and New York companies, uh, MSPs operating in New York, have to be concerned with? Well, the statute defines a covered individual as any person who is in a position of economic dependence on and under an obligation to perform duties for another person. Let me repeat that again. It's a person who is in a position of economic dependence on and under an obligation to perform duties for the other person. Notice it does not say that they have to have a formal employment contract. Nowhere does it say that there must be a written contract and that's the contract that says there's a non-compete. No. It simply defines a covered individual as someone who's in a position of economic dependence on and under an obligation to perform duties for another person. So that's pretty much contractors. That could be uh, contractors. That could be part-time employees. That could be full-time employees. The point is this. This really looks like a total ban on non-compete agreements. So when this goes into effect, it's going to be uh, effective for all agreements moving forward. It does not say that it's going to be retroactive. So if you had a valid non-compete before this law goes into effect, in all likelihood, you'll be able to enforce it, but you won't be able to enforce any new non-compete agreements after this law goes into effect. Now, what's missing from this law, and, and probably is quite important from an MSP perspective, is non-solicitation agreements right? Non-solicitation. Now, if you've been listening to me or you're a client of mine, you know I push non-solicitation agreements, not non-competes. The difference is significant. A non-compete says, if you flip burgers for me, you can't flip burgers for anyone else within a certain time and a geographic area. A non-solicit says, if you flip burgers for me, you could go right next door and flip burgers, just don't take my customers. Just don't take my employees. But you can work. You can still make a living. But this new law does not say that non-solicitation provisions are prohibited. In fact, reading this law, I would argue that non-solicitation agreements are fully enforceable. But let's remember what a non-solicitation does. It prevents a, an employee or a former partner from soliciting customers or employees. So if you want to make sure that your non-solicitation provision is not prohibited by the New York law that's about to be passed, then you want to write your non-solicitation provision in a very specific way. 
instead of using a non-solicitation provision that prohibits the solicitation of all customers by a former employee, you must, you must limit the scope of the provision to include only those customers with whom the employee had direct and substantive communications. Think of these as the type of customers who could probably identify your former employee by name because of the relationship they had with that employee. And what does all of this have to do with MSPs that don't operate in New York? Answer, nothing, absolutely nothing. Non-compete prohibitions are state-specific. Some are more liberal with their exceptions. Some are more conservative. If now, if you're in California or soon to be New York, obviously, it's a, a, a far stricter standard that you're going to have to adhere to. If you are in other states, uh, like Texas, Louisiana, and so forth, well, it's, it's less restrictive. Now, here's a question. What happens if you hire an employee who is located in New York after the law goes into effect, but your company is located outside of New York, like let's say in New Jersey, where non-compete provisions are not prohibited? Can you enforce your non-compete provision or will New York law still apply? The answer in virtually all cases is that New York law will apply if your employee is located in New York. Now, to explain this in detail would require us to delve into constitutional law, which, trust me, you don't want to do. But suffice it to say that when it comes to non-compete provisions and other employment restrictions, the law in which the employee is located will almost always take precedence over the law in which the company is located. So what's the takeaway here? What are we learning from New York, which was traditionally a very employer-favorable uh, uh, state, which is now going the way of favoring the employee. Now, here's a question. What happens if you hire an employee who is located in New York after the law goes into effect, but your company is located outside of New York, like, let's say, in New Jersey, where non-compete provisions are not prohibited? Can you enforce your non-compete provision, or will New York law still apply? The answer in virtually all cases is that New York law will apply if your employee is located in New York. Now, to explain this in detail would require us to delve into constitutional law, which, trust me, you don't want to do. But suffice it to say that when it comes to non-compete provisions and other employment restrictions, the law in which the employee is located will almost always take precedence over the law in which the company is located. So I guess this is the takeaway. Forget about non-compete agreements in New York. They are done. Kaput. And if you're in a state where non-competes are still valid, you may want to focus strongly on non-solicit agreements, not non-compete agreements. Non-compete agreements are going away, but non-solicitation agreements seem to have a far greater shelf life. If you're not sure about how to word a non-solicit or you're concerned about your non-compete agreements with New York employees, you know what to do. Give us a call at 954-217-6225 or email us at brad at bradleygross.com. This non-compete stuff can get really dicey, so do it right from the beginning to avoid problems later on. So that's it for this week. We will see you on the next Technology Broadcast.